Welcome to the King's Table. Welcome to the King's Table, a podcast of Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. The King's Table exists to help people know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. From the altar table to the dinner table, the conference table to the pool table, because Jesus is Lord over all. My name is Rusty, and I'm one of the elders here. I'm joined with our other two staff elders, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Matt. Hey, guys. It's good to be with you. Hey, guys. What's up? This week, we're going to tackle essentially the thesis for the whole podcast. What are we doing? Why should you listen? And this is the first question I'm trying to answer. <laughs> yeah, why should we listen? <laughs> why should you stick around? Why should you give us your time? Why should we record it? This is what we're going to do going to be super helpful or not? <laughs> you will hear that phrase from Pastor Rusty a lot. That is my, that's why I led with it. I just want to get it on, on the table. Super helpful. <laughs> Our thesis here is essentially giving us an opportunity to explore a lot of different things in church life um, and church culture, even beyond our four walls in particular, uh, but specifically at our church, the opportunity to step outside the, the what I would call, I guess, the regulation of the pulpit. Mm-hmm. And so this allows us really to have the opportunity to tackle uh, broader topics, things that aren't specifically what our text of the week is tackling. And that can go across the gamut. We've talked about uh, covering things from, you know, membership class 2.0, essentially further developing those things to cultural aspects of the day. But in order to kind of set you up for this, we want to go through a specific goals that we have for it. And a few of those things are specifically uh, how do we teach these things and how are we going to discuss them? Because we can fly at a whole bunch of different levels. Matt, can you talk kind of about the your not theory, I guess, but picture of the different levels that we can fly in the text and how we want to really drive into napkin theology. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, whenever we're approaching reading uh, or preaching rather through a book of the Bible, we tend to set the altitude uh, and we do that ahead of time. So depending on the book, depending on the season of life the church is in, uh, we might fly really high above a book, um, and we might fly really low. And what I mean by that is, uh, like an example would be flying high, is you're probably going to fly pretty high through like a historical narrative, you know, because if you drive down into the details, if you fly too low, you're usually going to push the text to mean something that it probably doesn't mean. Yeah, so when uh, we went through Joshua, we went almost at a chapter at a time or more. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Um, but then going through a book uh, like we are right now with Hebrews, you can fly pretty low to the to the to the passage. Mm-hmm. Um, but then getting lower um, would be like getting into uh, the the details of application, like the wisdom of what does that look like to actually apply the word with some specificity. Um, as you walk by the road, as you arrives at night, you know, and, and what's that look like in, in each person's daily life? So, yes. So it's not lost on us that you can go to a lot of other podcasts for some really deep theology or for some really high level theology. Mm -hmm. You can kind of find whatever flavor you want. So Jeff, what, what would you say for us? Napkin theology means for what we're trying to tackle. Yeah. Well, the idea of a napkin theology or, uh, putting something on a napkin in general is they say, if you can't write it on a napkin, you don't really know what you're after, whether it's in business, whatever vision you have. 
So that's the idea that we're going after is we want to be able to break down this um, into a real a hands-on, tangible theology in everyday life. You could call it a blue-collar theology. But for us, we just call it napkin theology, meaning you could be, you've got to be able to um, explain it well enough and um, something that you can take out in your everyday life and really apply. So that means taking some things. We've gone through some pretty um, difficult text in Hebrews, mm-hmm. some pretty technical text. You know, last week and this week, Melchizedek, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Hebrews 7. Thanks, by the yeah. way. For doing those <laughs> I was supposed to. You're welcome. Um, and uh, taking that and how does that actually apply to when I wake up tomorrow morning and I'm trying to get my kids out of the house to go to school or I'm trying to set my family up uh, for the day well, um, my wife to homeschool and manage the house well, things like that. How do I actually apply that at work? What do these big things mean in the everyday boots on the ground in the trenches life? Yeah, that's that's what napkin theology is. So you know, I I am frequently asked the question like, so what? <laughs> like, so what do I do with that? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm a doer, and I just, you know, I find myself frequently with frequently with someone teaching. Okay, so what? Like, okay, what's that? What do I do with it? Where do we go from here? Right. And if it's just simply something I need to believe, then that's fine. Uh, and that's good, but then what is it? Uh, what difference does it make? Yeah, and a part of this is also on one hand you have people who are kind of head in the clouds, um, kind of a mental ascent, big heavy theological things, which is good. We want to encourage people to be theologians, um, but then how does that actually apply to everyday life? Yeah, you can't stay there. You can't stay there, and then but then you have the other side of that coin, or the other extreme, I could say, of people who are like, I don't understand that stuff. Leave that to the professionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't really apply here. I just need the give me the good old time religion, just the simple mm-hmm. stuff. So and you have to be able to you have to be able to marry those two things. Yeah, and that's where this quote in my sermon from this past week, where I was quoting A.W. Pink, where he says um, from Hebrews seven, where he says, "Consider this with an exclamation point." Mm. He's saying we we tend to stop right there, and instead of giving great thought to weighty things, what happens is we we think the work is done for us. Yeah. And then what happens is in, in, in Pink's words, we miss out on divine things. Yes. So we we don't we don't want to stay up in the clouds, but we also don't want to be uh, wimps when it comes exactly. to doing the hard work of yeah. understanding rich things. Mm-hmm. But um, so we, we want to do both, and I, I think that's where we're aiming at with yeah. this idea of a uh, napkin theology. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, as our we would say, I guess for the men in our church, every uh, Tom, Nick, and Harry. Yeah. Barry. Every Tom, Nick. <laughs> we actually have people named that, so that makes yeah. it fun. We have a Tom, Nick, and a Barry. <laughs> We're going to use you guys' names without your permission. <laughs> because we love you. My favorite thing about the napkin theology picture is that, you know, we talk. there's this lore of big businesses starting on a napkin. It's just an idea. Yeah. And, and so there's this reducible component where it's as simple as sticking it on you know, the napkin that your drink was on. Yeah. But at the same time, you can then blow it up so much bigger. So you can really kind of scale that gamut that you guys mm-hmm. are talking about. Yeah. Of his altitudes. Well, that's that's kind of the, the the tone that we're after. But as far as goals are concerned, why are we doing this? Why should you listen? Um, we really have two kind of broad ones. And, and I'll go ahead and lay those out. The first one is that we want to broaden our ministry. I'll explain that in a minute. And the second one is then to serve our mission. So this broadens our ministry overall and it serves our mission specifically to help people know love and obey and the broadened ministry aspect what we're talking about specifically is this idea of further up further in, further up further in. we've been talking about that even a lot recently as a church but what we're specifically further upping and further inning 
is this idea of what are we learning of Christ and how do yeah. we move further up and in and that. And that's that boots on the ground application that you're talking about, the so what. So inside of that, we have a few different components of this ministry broadening that we're talking about. Uh, the first big one is really more teaching opportunities. I think for me as a non-primary t- preacher, this is a, a big component where we have the opportunity as elders to still speak into people's lives in a more frequent way. Mm-hmm. And on in this particular one, a more a broad spectrum of at least teaching and illustrating. Obviously, we can speak into any of our sheep's lives at any time. We, sure. do, we do that on the regular. But when it comes to the ministry of the church and the teaching ministry of the eldership and, the, and this local church, this is a huge one. It's more touch points during the week for us, right? I mean, you think about how many touch points you see. How, how often do you see touch points from other ministries on social media? Right. I see that all the time. TGC articles, Desiring God articles, suggested to you, sponsored articles, mm-hmm. um, all those things. This gives us an opportunity to, to really help speak into that part of your life. I'd say another one that we've already mentioned briefly is that topic variety and current issues. We do try to bring those into our sermons, but we don't want to let even big cultural moments dictate what yeah. we're specifically supposed to tackle right. in our passage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, we're we're committed to verse-by-verse exposition through the Scriptures as as the general and predominant diet of the congregation. Uh, and and sitting in that kind of primary teaching point of the church for each week, and we kind of orbit around that. Um, but the reality is, is there are other broader uh, or other issues to talk about that um, that are helpful that our people are facing regularly, and and certainly, yeah, as we get opportunity, we want to bring those. Um, into the preaching context, but it just doesn't always avail itself to other pressing matters, and this gives us the opportunity to address other things that either are currently happening or things that we might see coming down the road um, that uh, we can warn people about and give people a heads up to and um, and such. So, yeah, yeah there I you agree. go. So another big component besides more teaching opportunities and touch points is the actual application touch points. So how do we work these into all of life? What does further up, further in look like? Now, for us at our church, we're thinking along the lines of our distinctive, specifically our distinctive of theological and cultural maximalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff, you want to speak some more to that? Yeah, I was actually having a conversation with a, a pastor in Cincinnati at lunch today about uh, our distinctives and he was highly encouraged with that um especially in the craziness of the world in which we're living where uh, he was saying how helpful that is f- um for churches to be up front and out in um out in the yeah out in the, at the front with what they have going on what you're going to hear a lot uh, at Christ the Lord is our distinctives and people are looking for these places they're we're in a time in our history right now where people are moving across the country for churches yeah, uh, yeah. that are actually um, touching on these things. And so when we uh, talk about theological and cultural maximalism, we're saying that the gospel literally touches everything in our life mm-hmm. um, from the preaching of the gospel to the helping your little kids brush their teeth uh, and the bedtime routine. The gospel has to touch it all. Um, it's a, it's um, cool that the, even the name of this podcast, King's Table, is birthed out of the place that um, we have traditionally met as elders at mm-hmm. the uh, the King's Table Pool Hall, mm-hmm. uh, which has great burgers and good beer. 
And great tater tots. And, oh, the, the tater no, tots. No, 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 The club sandwich. Oh, yeah. The, the club sandwich. Well, the, yeah, the club classic. sandwich yes, is kind sir. of, yes, yeah, sir. that's what cooked me right away. Yes. But it just, but it, I regretted not getting that last month. But their their menu just kind of like the further up and further in. It just continues to be better than the day before. So <laughs> We just keep mooching <laughs> off each other's plate. <laughs> that's true. Let me try that. Someone reached over in our last, I forget who it was. They literally reached over to my plate, set down one of their onion petals, that was me. and grabbed one of my tater tots. Because <laughs> I knew you were going to get an onion petal, so I was like, I'm just going to do it now. It's a barter system. It's a barter system. That's right. I, I, mean, I grew up with four brothers. It's, it's hard for me to share. It's got to be fair. So yeah, but the, the picture of, of uh, sitting around you know, the elder table in, in this pool hall uh, in Dayton, Ohio, which is a very blue-collar town um, and discussing the care for sheep uh, deep theological issues walking through these things in ministry in the midst of that um, the, the, that's a, a perfect picture of the gospel touching everything uh, interacting with the, the waiters and the people around us that's our desire uh, for that and that nothing that, that everything is under the lordship of Jesus Christ he is he is king over it all that's that's why we named our church Christ the Lord versus Christ our Lord mm-hmm. because he's whether you agree with it or not he is Lord mm-hmm. uh, and that's what we're that's what we're going for yeah and then the next point of like application um, as far as it relates to our distinctives right. is the sufficiency and the authority of scripture mm-hmm. you know I, I said in my parenting class in ep, uh, uh, part one this past week that uh, as it relates to parenting everything you need to know can be known in the scriptures. Yes. Like every question that needs an answer to it, when it comes to parenting your kids towards what God expects, mm-hmm. can be known in the scriptures. And Absolutely. that's true across the board. Mm-hmm. That's true when it comes to being a good employee, when it comes to taking care of your corner of the earth, when it comes to uh, the way you interact with your spouse. Every question that needs to be answered can be answered from the scriptures. And not only is it sufficient, but it's authoritative. Mm-hmm. Like that, that question. So, so it's really doing, when we say that, it, it's doing two things. The scriptures set for us in authority the questions that need to be answered by answering the ones that need to be answered. It tells us what questions need to be answered. Yeah. Uh, and then what it says is authoritative uh, finally and fully over, over everything. Um, and so when we think about more application and on one side, you got theological and cultural maximalism, like we want to take it to the furthest edges of the estate mm-hmm. and, and take the word of God all the way there because we, and why would we do that? Because we believe the word is sufficient for that mm-hmm. and it's authoritative over all of that. It has something to say. Yeah. And so we tend to ask this question, or we've, you've even heard this phrase already today, like, what is the next layer down? Mm-hmm. And, and part of what's important in the idea of the next layer down is, or, or, or let me back up, the reason we don't tend to go the, to the next layer down is because that's where everyone gets afraid of being called legalistic. Yeah. Like, it's costly. What do, you, what do you mean you're going to draw the line in the sand right there that... Uh, uh, you mean when it comes to uh, the way I dress, you know, I mean, the Bible has something to say that there's a Christianly way to, yeah, there yeah. is. Mm-hmm. But no one wants to go there because we're also afraid of this legalism thing. But the Bible goes there. Yeah. 
and and we have we have generations of Christians who have missed out on we miss out on so much of God's kindness and his and because we we have a sidelined so much of his instructions yeah. for us. Yeah, the scriptures are sufficient for everything pertaining to life and godliness. Mm-hmm. People like the life part. They're not too sure they like the godliness part. Yeah. Right. So you, so you can say, well, the Bible is sufficient. It has something to say about these things. And people say, oh, okay, cool. But then you bring in the other piece of, and it's fully authoritative. So it doesn't just have something to say about it. It is the final say mm-hmm. on the situation. And that's where people say, no, 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 that's, that's, that's legalistic. Well, yeah, that's, they just do. because our culture isn't looking for answers, they're looking for advice. Exactly. Yeah. The, the actual answer in truth has a, makes a demand on you. Right. Let me, let me real quick, before we move to the next thing, give like the positive side of this. Um, but I'm going to do it by giving the negative first. Um, there is, um, when we divorce ourselves as New Testament followers of, of the Lord, from the Old Testament, meaning, well, what do we do with the law? What do we do with the the application of the law to our lives? And we kind of sideline all of that. What gets thrown out the window as well is all of the Old Testament promises. Mm. And those promises, like, for example, when it comes to parenting, the promises that the Lord makes in the Old Testament, if you chuck the Old Testament out, then you miss all of God's plans to to bless the generation after generation of His faithful covenant-keeping people yeah. because of covenant. And so, yeah. So you've got to land on that. That's the component. Yes. So you might you might be you know feeling great because you don't have to keep any of these commands, but you also then don't get the covenant promises either. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but if you do, how encouraging that is mm-hmm. for those moments in life. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Amen to that. Yeah, some more application touch points along those lines. That's the theolo- I mean, that, that is really the thrust of broadening is that theological, cultural maximalism and how the word has something to say about everything, yes. everything that matters. Yep. Uh, the danger in that, though, is we still don't want to spoon feed, even calling it napkin theology. We, we don't want to spoon feed stuff. We mm-hmm. want to help you think. We want to help you understand how to then do this yourself. We don't need to be the airplane taking the food into your mouth when you're mm. yeah uh, across the pillow Open from wine. you and your wife we right? did that yesterday Open the wine. Train <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so that's that's a big component sure. that, that we want to watch out for but we want to give you tools so oh yeah think of it think of it in that sense that you know um when jesus said come to me all you who are laboring or heavy laden i'll give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me he gives them farm tools he doesn't mm-hmm. say, go chill out. He says, here, now walk in the truth. Let me give you the proper things in order mm-hmm. to engage in genuine, restful working. So we want to give people tools uh, to actually grab a hold of and, and take into their everyday life. And along that line, that's another component of this one specific goal, broadening the ministry, is that you, we're doing this collaboratively. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're not all up to speed on everything all the time. Uh, some of us are more so than others. We have different perspective and tools to bring to the table. Yeah. So we want you to have the opportunity to hear three voices usually instead of just one of us, right? So hearing our conversation is, we, we would say, needful. Our, our sheep should hear our voices. It's yeah. part of shepherding this flock. Uh, but we, so we think it's needful, but hopefully entertaining as well. <laughs> <laughs> we call ourselves the three amigos. Three amigos in the tower. For the three stooges. We have Jeff. It'll be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I do my solid. best. 
<laughs> do my best, folks. I think the last thing in this, just to close this one goal out of broadening the ministry, is that uh, kind of what you were talking about earlier uh, is that this is supposed to be evergreen in- instruction. This is a, a resource both now and then in the future. Mm. So as we as a church tackle different things in, I mean, whatever book we move on from from our current one of Hebrews, uh, there are still evergreen issues that churches run into. And we yeah. can take that opportunity then to say to that congregant, like, hey, actually, we've got a great resource for you. Go listen to this episode mm-hmm. right? Yeah. where we tackle that. And then yeah. we would love to uh, love to have a conversation after that. Mm-hmm. That'll bring you kind of up to speed of where we're at, what we think about it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that's a huge one for us of having these opportunities uh, digitally logged <laughs> in an evergreen sense for us to have these resources to pass out. So that's broadening the ministry in a broad sense. To kind of close this out then and, and the second big goal of serving our mission, um, we, we go by no love and obey. And so what would it mean then for us to use this particular opportunity to help people know Jesus better? Yeah, yeah. You know, the sermon serve, uh, serves the the primary meal for all of our ministry, but there is so much more to our culture uh, as the and as uh, as a church or as the church. Um, and there's lots to explore. Lots. There's lots to know. And the reality is, is we're gonna go know things from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, we're being catechized. Somewhere, everywhere, by what we yep. watch, what we listen to. That's um, a presupposition that we just miss generally. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Um, I remember my father talking back in the day before the internet was a big thing about um, saying you you're getting catechized as you walk through the checkout lines with all the magazines. <laughs> yeah. And which was true. And now it's in the palm of your hand. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's right. Mm. That's right. Yeah, we're going to be catechized somewhere. The, in, the difference, though, is that at least for us and particularly our congregation, uh, we have the authority and responsibility to do that catechizing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's, that's the nature of being a shepherd. It's our responsibility, and then we therefore also have the authority then to bring that to bear. So we want to exercise that as, as again, we have more opportunity. Ideally, though, everything that we learn about the Lord should lead us to love him better. So what does that look like? Yeah, to love him. Well, you have to know first what love is actually and who love is and what God says true love actually looks like. And true love for him, true love for our neighbor. And so that flows straight out of the, the, uh, the no peace. That We want that to foster the genuine right affection for our king ultimately, and then for the place that he's put us, for our people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not something that is driven simply by a happy feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, This love is not something that is subject to uh, the whims of things changing, right? Because things change and things get difficult, but it's one that's grounded in the truth Mm -hmm. of who God is and who he says he is. And that should genuine, uh, foster genuine um, affection for him and for what he says is beautiful and good mm-hmm. that's yeah. right in line with our uh definition of kingdom god's people and god's place yeah. under god's rule yeah mm-hmm. right. good yeah so this is the shaping of catechizing shaping our loves and our affections uh taking those things that are out of order and putting them in order mm-hmm. uh, as we learn about them and then finally mm-hmm. obeying and uh this is just we want our affections to be like the love of our king it's effective it does yeah. something, it does something mm-hmm. yeah 
He doesn't just sit in heaven and have good feelings about us. He doesn't just wish things were better. He doesn't he, send us good vibes. Yeah, good vibes, <laughs> thoughts us, and prayers. He sent us himself, a king. <laughs> he sends himself, yeah. It's effective. It does something. Yeah. So how do we put these things and loves into action to bring glory to Jesus and to fulfill our mission? Mm. So that's what we want to tackle. That's what we're trying to do. We want to broaden our ministry further up and further in. We want to serve our mission to help people know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord overall. And unless you guys have everything, anything else. Nope, I'm good. We will see you next up. Yeah, I'm excited. Man. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. Yeah.